Welcome to the Author's Way podcast, a journey to finding your voice. I believe that our stories are powerful, our experience have helped to teach us important lessons, and our stories help us to use those lessons to teach others. Stay tuned to hear some great stories and learn how you can use your own stories to raise your professional profile, promote your brand, and become a published author. Hey there, welcome to the Author's Way podcast, the journey to finding your voice. My name is Jennifer Wright and I am your podcast host. And I am here today with Steph Katsovi. She has recently published her book called Hurry Camp. And it's such a lovely story about a lovely little character named Noodles who goes to her first sleepaway camp and has, you know, has all of the trials and tribulations, of course, that you can imagine that someone attending her first camp would be. And so Steph is going to talk to us about how she wrote the book and just some different things about her, the process of book writing and, and her life. And I'm really excited. Steph is my first author on the podcast that has written a book for young adults. And so I think, I think it'll be a great conversation. Before we get into that, though, just a reminder, this podcast is sponsored by ExecuWrite. We are book writers and publishers, and we help business leaders get their words out into the world and get more visibility and build their credibility through writing their book. So if you have a book in your head, your heart, and soul, head over to our website. That's execuwrite.com, E-X-E-C-U-W-R-I-G-H-T.com, and you know, take a look at our program and schedule a strategy session. We'd love to hear what you have going on. So welcome, Steph. I'm so excited you're here today. Like I said, this is the first time that I've interviewed someone who wrote a young adult book. And so I'm excited to hear about your your process. Well, thank you, Jennifer. I'm very excited to be here. It's also my first time writing a book for children. So it's a nice time for both of us. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's awesome. That's awesome. So you recently, or I'm not sure how recently, you recently, though, came out of a, a corporate job mm-hmm. and and decided to focus on book writing as, as well as other things. I know you have you have children at home. And um, so tell us a little bit about yourself and, and your journey. Well, I know that for me, writing has always been something that I needed to have in my life. It's something that I've wanted to do since I was a child. I wanted to be an author. When I was eight and a half, I had a very clear vision nice. of what my future looked like. But of course, reality takes you on a different path than just saying I want to be an author. So for me, when I went to college, I knew I wanted to do something writing related. My first step was to go to law school and figure out that I really didn't want to practice law. But I found a job in consulting, and so that took me to uh, speech writing, corporate communications at Deloitte eventually, and I worked for a really senior executive doing his writing and communications, and when it was time for him to retire, I thought, this is a good point in my career. I have two young kids at home. Maybe this is the time from my eight-and-a-half-year-old self to say, I'm going to become an author now, and so I took that very big step and leave, leaving a job that had that accountability in an office setting and was totally on my own just in, in determining what my schedule would be, how I was going to write. And it was a really big change, as you can imagine, but a great 
learning process and really just very exciting to have the unknown ahead of me. And now here we are with a book published and hopefully more on the way. That's awesome. You have a story that I think a lot of writers can relate to. A lot of writers are in that nine to five job, but they want to, you know, they want to move out of it. I recently did that myself. You know, about four months ago, I stepped out of my my last corporate job. And and so it's such a relatable, it's such a relatable story. And it's, you know, it's really kind of the ideal. It's not ideal. You know, I don't want to make it sound too much, but <laughs> it's kind of it's kind of a dream that we all have to be able yeah, to absolutely focus on our writing or whatever kind of creative creativity we have. You know, there are painters, there are you know, other kinds of artists and other kinds of creatives. And that seems to be the theme. We all kind of want to be able to step out of that, step yeah. out of that world and into that creative world and, and, right. and do that. So, so good for you for taking that big step. Yeah, I'll, I'll say it's very, very scary. I'm a person who's a planner. I like to have organization and order. So Going into a world where, you know, nobody's expecting me to write every day and nobody's yep. expecting me to, you know, churn out a chapter. That was very, very unsettling in the mm -hmm. beginning. You know, once you hit your stride, it becomes sort of like, I know what I'm, I'm going to accomplish today. I want to do this, that, and the other thing. But it was a very, very big leap to go from structure, from, you know, corporate environment to my own self-driven calendar. And I think that might have been one of the biggest hurdles to just release myself from. And I credit my husband for giving me the opportunity to do that because I think without him saying, you can do this, I don't think I ever would have taken that chance because how would I know I could really finish a book? So it was a, it was a really very, I would say it was one of my adult character building experiences. And it's funny because I write about characters, you know, in their struggles in my fiction work, but it's true, I guess, that life imitates art and vice versa. Yeah. You know, that's, that's a very important point, what you brought up with your husband. To me, it's very important as writers and creatives to have support, to have, because it's such mind work and it, mm -hmm. it's so easy to let our brains tell us we can't. Yes. And tell us it's too hard and, you know, tell us all kinds of things. But having that support system helps us to kind of get that stuff out of our get up and whether it's a it's a spouse or a partner or you know uh just a community friends family you know those people around us i talk about that a lot because i think it's so important to surround ourselves with the right people that support our you know our dreams and what we want to do absolutely i think you know for me and and i'm i'm guessing i'm not alone in this boat but when i wanted to write this book I wasn't sure if I really had the skills to do it. I, I knew I could be a good writer in a corporate environment, but writing for a creative audience, especially children, is an entirely different beast. And so for me, I was filled with a lot of self-doubt of whether or not this was a good step for me just for my own abilities. I'm hoping it was the right step, but you know, having people that can help validate you, I, I sent my book to some young readers to see what they thought about it. In the very early stages, some had trouble finishing the book. So I knew that was a sign that the book needed more work. But as it got more polished, it became clear that this is something that's resonating with kids. And 
I never thought that I would rely so much on uh, somebody that's under 12's opinion, but it became a very important process for me to say, okay, this is okay. You know, this is, this is something that kids are loving and reacting to. And, and so that for me was really wonderful. And of course, I have a mother who is a retired English teacher. She is an exceptional editor and also cheerleader. So it's nice to have that as a support system as one, one element of my my back, uh, having my background verified. <laughs> yeah. <in a> way. <laughs> nice. Nice. Yeah. If mom approved. Yes, exactly. Yeah, like, I know she's going to love me no matter what, but if she loves me with a really good book, that's right. better. <laughs> right. Nice. nice. <laughs> yes. So I want to touch on what you just said about using readers. That's a really great point. That's a really great method. I was actually talking to someone last night about that. And I, I think it's really good advice to anyone who's writing. Although sometimes we want to kind of keep it close to the vest because mm -hmm. we're like, oh, it's not ready yet. Don't want anyone to see it yet. Mm -hmm. But that's a great method to get good feedback is just, you know, letting other people read it. And, you know, not necessarily professional editors or not necessarily people that do this, but your readers, you know, the people that, that you want to read the book and, and get that feedback. So that's a, that's a great method. Yeah, I sort, of, I sort of fell into it. It took me a little bit of time to write the book. And by the time it was finished, my children were about the age of my target demographic. So I had a very large pool of children that I could nice. tap into. So it was lucky for me that I had maybe taken so long in a way, but uh, on the other hand, it was just very helpful to say, hey, can I ask your friend to, to maybe check out what I've just written? And it worked out really well. Nice. So let's talk about the book a little bit. So I've been reading it. I adore the story. The main character, Noodles, I related to her so much. That's great. Um, and I think a lot of people, you know, even as an adult, you know, it kind of brought me back to, you know, some of my childhood experiences. And so it it reminds me a lot of, and I may be dating myself, but like the Judy Bloom books that I was in love with Judy Bloom when I was a kid, the Beverly Cleary books. And so, you know, just very, a very charming story, very charming characters. And so, so tell me how you, you know, how you kind of developed that. Where did, where did your story come from? Well, first, I just have to say, I was holding myself back from interrupting you as you were saying Judy Bloom and Beverly Cleary, because <laughs> those two authors were the biggest writing influences I had in my early childhood. And now as an adult writer, I've always loved the way they were able to write relatable dialogue with quirky characters and right. so. That's sort of how I evolved as a writer because they were so impactful on me as a as a writer. And they, it stuck with me apparently when I was a reader that this was what I liked to read. Right. So I'm sorry I got caught up in that and I forgot what your original question was because I had so much I needed to say about my, my yes. idols. <laughs> yes. I was such a reader when I was a kid and I read every Judy Bloom book there was. And <laughs> would wait until the next one. You know, yeah. So, so yes, I a huge, huge fan of hers. No, but how did this book kind of develop? Where did the story come from? What made you decide to write this particular book? Well, I had gone away to Sleepaway Camp as a child, and it had a big impact on me. I didn't love Sleepaway Camp, I'll be honest. It was a lot of independence for me at a time that I wasn't necessarily ready for it. Mm. 
And I think a lot of the reason why I wanted to write this book was in a way that I could go back into my own personal history and rewrite the past as I wish I could have lived it. And, you know, going to sleep boy camp was a tough experience for me. And I learned a tremendous amount from the experience. Having not gone back to sleep boy camp, I don't think I was able to apply the lessons that I learned. So much of what I wrote in this book was me telling myself, if I could speak to my younger self, here's what you should have done. And here's maybe if you had embraced the camp experience a little bit more, you would have had a great time like Noodle in the book and ended up having these great friends and great memories. I have great memories, but most of them were when I came home from camp and had a nice bed and my mom's cooking. And <laughs> <laughs> I'm just kidding, but it was, it was a tough experience. I was shy as a child and going to camp for me was sort of like a fish out of water situation. So I didn't adapt as quickly as I would have liked. And, you know, if I had found my inner courage a little bit sooner, I might've had an even better experience at the time. So for me, that was sort of what the impetus was for writing this book. Of course, a book that I had originally lived wouldn't be as exciting to read as one that had a storm and lots of drama and lots of fun dialogue. So this is a better version of what could have happened, perhaps. And it was just very fun to write and, and a little bit cathartic, too, because, right. you know, I got to sort of say what I wanted to say in my own mind and put it on paper and hopefully impact somebody else that may have an experience that's similar, whether it's a child or even uh, it could be for a grown up too. this, you know. Yeah. Having a challenge in life is universal and overcoming that challenge by finding your inner strength is, is something I think that's fairly relatable and, and hopefully it can be an inspiration in some form to, to any reader out there. Yeah, yeah. So tell me a little bit about, I talk to, of course, you know, in my business, I work with more leaders and who, who are writing more nonfiction books, but, but I do get a chance to talk to people who are interested in fiction who are interested in, you know, how to go about developing the story, developing the character. So there's a lot of interest in it. And I think for some people, fiction writing may be a little bit intimidating because there's so much that goes into the character development to the dialogue right. development. Dialogue for me has always been sort of the, my biggest challenge when writing uh -huh. fiction. And so... So do you have any methods that you use for character development or dialogue or anything like that that you can you can share or any advice that sure. you have? Well, I have the benefit. I was a speechwriter in my prior career, so I was able to sort of flip what I would have imagined as a speech into what I would have a character say. So I try and imagine how people would say things in real life. But when it comes to character development, you know, there's the the adage, write what you know. So for me, I develop characters based on people that I know in real life and then conform them to whatever nuance I want for the book or whatever plot development I want. But for me, you know, just like in any corporate environment or any business environment, planning and preparing is, is key. So I'm an obsessive outliner. So I would spend months thinking about the story, writing little things down, developing the story arc. And really just keep expanding on what the story could be. And I think, you know, having done that in a business context, it's very similar, except there's a lot more freedom when you're doing a fiction work versus nonfiction. So for me, I enjoy the dialogue writing tremendously because it's a, it's a chance for me to be silly and funny and come up with interesting ways for people to connect to characters and, and share messages that 
hopefully will be things that children can identify with and find that empowering ultimately. So hopefully that's what happened. Yeah. Yeah. I like that. It's so interesting how we take, and we all do this, we take experiences that if you look at them kind of independently, they're not related, Mm -hmm. but then, you know, you, you've learned skills and you've learned different things throughout your life that can be applied, even if it's not, you weren't writing fiction books then, but, but a lot of things that you were doing can now relate. And that's, you know, that's one of the things I try to encourage people to go, you know, go back to, you know, a lot of people say, I'm not a good writer. And I tell them, you probably are much better than you think you are. Right. Um, and we have to kind of dig into our other experiences to help us help us do that. And I, and I think that's one of the things which we kind of realize that it's so helpful to the process. Yes. And I like to think of writing, it's sort of like a one-way conversation where somebody, mm. your reader is eavesdropping on what you've written. And, you know, it, that's how I would frame the way I write. It's because I think about, okay, someone's going to be reading this. Are they going to be interested and engaged? Are they going to find it funny? Are they going to be bored? So as I write, that's what I think about. Of how would somebody, if they were in an audience, for instance, how would they receive my message? And, and so I kind of yeah. take that that speechwriter angle again and think about how is this going to be perceived by my audience? And in this case, it's a reader, but in another instance where I was doing speech writing, it was the people that I was writing to on behalf of the executive I supported. It was money. I was writing in a different person's voice as a speechwriter, but it's, it's the same type of concept. Yeah. Yeah. That's so interesting. That's so interesting. So what have you seen, and this may be an unfair question, but have you seen any like changes in how you approach things or changes in, I mean, since you, since you wrote the book, since you kind of take, took some of those big, bold steps to, mm-hmm. to do this, what have you kind of seen sort of change for you? I think for me, there's a lot of different things that I can see, you know, from a personal standpoint, I'm feeling that. Now, okay, maybe I've made that right choice. In the, in the beginning stages, I was not sure that the corporate job was the right choice. But as time has gone on and I've, able, I've been able to accomplish what I set out to do, which was to write a book and be proud of it. And for me, that was, I think, the real goal wasn't just to finish the book, but to be proud of it. It's a very, very empowering situation to be in when you have a book that you've written, it's your baby. and you know, like many writers, I was scared to share it with the world because it's almost as if you put yourself out there and what if somebody doesn't like it? Or what if someone says, oh, she spent a lot of time on this book, but it's really not that good. And, you know, having that negative voice in the back of my head of that self-doubt, if you will, it was a scary thing. But I've gotten really good feedback from people that I really value their opinion and wouldn't necessarily say this was, you know, bad or good. And they would say the truth. And I would really, I would be lying if I didn't say that meant a lot more than, you know, a critical review because it's almost the same, but somebody that you know personally giving you that validation has been tremendous. And just having kids read my work and I share the story. My son is in sixth grade and I'm friends with a number of his friend's parents. And one young lady did my book as a book report for her summer reading. And another child in the class said, hey, isn't that your mom? And my son said, yes, it is. And he was like proud as a peacock. Uh 
and relayed that story to me. And I was like, how awesome is that? What did she say? And could you remember exactly what the teacher said after that? And so that, it was just a really amazing feeling. And just to know that, you know, I've given voice to people's feelings that children will have similar experiences and it's just opening the door for them to have their feelings acknowledged is just a really huge thing for me as a writer, because I think that was truly what my objective was, in addition to sharing this story that was important to me. Anything you want to share about the story itself? You know, so anyone with young readers, or honestly, I think it could be appealing to a lot of different ages, but anything you want to share about the story itself to, you know, help encourage people? I'd love to see, you know, more people read the book and, and share the book. So what would you like to share about the story? you know, for that? Well, I would say the story comically explores the challenges of Noodle becoming more independent, the complicated relationships of preteens, and Noodle's road to discovering her inner courage. And as I said before, all stories have plenty of drama, and this one happens to happen in the middle of a hurricane, which turns out to be quite timely given the season that we're in. But (laughs) the, the real essence of the story is about finding your inner courage to trust yourself and just to feel that there's a place for you with your own personality and, and, you know, just having a great experience and a great adventure when you embrace the situation that you're in. So I guess that would be the main takeaway from the book, but there's a lot of, of other funny little exchanges that uh, I really had a great time writing. And, and I hope that people who read it also feel the same way. Good, good. Well, I, I really enjoyed reading it myself um, so really to took me, that. really took me back to my childhood yeah oh, yeah you don't necessarily have to go to a camp to have just this type of experience where you're put in a situation where you're totally fish out of water and you're just kind of stunned for a moment and you need to get your bearings and I think that's really you know could have been anywhere that it was set but I thought a camp might be interesting and, and turned out to be a fun writing tool to have with no parents around Right, right. So is this the genre you're continuing to explore or do you see, do you see more books coming? Are you exploring maybe some other, some other types of writing as well? Well, I'm hoping to uh, have a sequel to this book. I've written a very early rough draft of that, but you know, I'm enjoying writing blogs on my website. I'm doing different things on social media. So I'm kind of exploring the world that's out there, but in terms of writing longer form works, I, I'm happy in my middle grade zone for now, but we'll see. As my kids get older, I might have to go up to YA and then maybe young adult, uh, whatever the next phase would be yeah. after that. But we'll see. It's, yeah. it's all uh, an evolving process for me. Well, you know, that's the beauty of writing. There's so many different parts of it you can explore. Yeah. And, and for me, I write about my own life experiences with the hope that other people have similar experiences in their lives as well. And, and I think that's what really fuels me as a writer is making connections from my, my kids' lives. I borrow from everywhere, actually. Yeah. <laughs> so it, it's, it's a really interesting way to, to exist. I find inspiration in very random places from my own observations, which it, it makes life more interesting and fun when you just you're inspired by what you see and how, as a writer, how I can maybe shape it into something that's meaningful. So, right. It's a really, it's a really wonderful gift to to be able to do what I'm doing. And I'm very fortunate that I have that. Nice. So 
any advice that you have for someone who may be just getting started, someone who, you know, whether they want to write this type of book or, you know, really kind of anything, you know, any advice you have or any anything that you found while you were going through the process that was particularly helpful? I think the the best piece of advice that I would give to myself and to anybody else is to set yourself up for success. So for me, that meant planning, organizing, strategizing, doing a lot of work before I even put my pen down to paper, or in this case, to keyboard. Having people around you understand and appreciate what this means to you so that you have that support network that we've talked about. And I think just trusting and believing that if this is something you're passionate about, it's probably something you'll be very effective at doing. And then just follow up with everything that you can do to make sure that you fulfill your goals and get to the place that you were hoping to get to. What did you find your biggest challenge to be while you were going through this process? I think I talked earlier about that doubt that I had of whether this was the right choice. But I would also say that it's easy when you leave a a structured corporate environment to get caught up in other things that you're surrounded by that you weren't surrounded by. Like, for instance, there's a load of laundry that needs to be folded. And maybe if I just do that really quickly, I'll get back to what I was doing and I can focus on writing another chapter. But, you know, it, it is like sort of the other side of the coin of like, you really need to stay focused and yeah. need to set out a specific goal, whether it's I want to write five pages, 10 pages or a chapter and really sticking with it I, because there's nobody As a writer, for me, there was nobody that's going to say, well, you need to finish this before you could eat lunch or you need to finish before you, you know, clean up the kitchen. So, you know, the only thing that I really need to do was make sure I pick the kids up from school. But then if I wasn't finished with what I wanted to finish, I should get back to doing that. So it's really just keeping yourself on track. As a self-published author, it's a little bit different than if there was a deadline that I needed to reach. Right. So. Creating your own deadlines and sticking with them, I think, was was key. And thankfully, I'm fairly disciplined and have a lot of willpower. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So I think a lot of people can, I, I face that myself. It is a lot easier when you have someone else depending on what you do than it is if it's just it's true. your own work. Yeah. yeah. Because, you know, you could let things slide. Yeah. That's you. <laughs> I, exactly. Exactly. So I'd like to talk about marketing just a little bit, because that is one of the things people are very curious about. How do I get my book out there? How do I I get people to read it? So do you have any particular methods that you're using to get your book and into more the hands of more readers? Well, I think podcasts like yours are great vehicles to sort of give light to the person behind the work and yeah. messages that I'm trying to put into my work. I get to say them in a conversation with you. It's it's an interesting sort of way to share a little bit more about who I am with audiences that you wouldn't necessarily get from my work. And it's a newer of the vehicles out there. It used to be, I think you could just do like a newspaper article or a magazine article. And now that is a very different industry than when I was a kid. And I right. read about my favorite authors or books. But I think just like casting a very wide net is, mm-hmm. is key because there are so many vehicles for 
publicity in a way. The downside is there's so many things out there that it's almost as if you're, you know, putting a drop of water in an ocean and it, and getting your message out is, it's a real challenge. And I think you can struggle with that if you're very, very famous or, you know, if you're about to be famous or want to be famous. And so, you know, it's hard because there are a lot of different ways that people can have their attention taken. And so for me, I'm just trying to do as much as I can through social media, through blogs, through my website, and just in a way old school where I go and talk to people and whoever I meet, I tell, tell them about what I do and, and hear their stories and say, oh, I wrote a book and it's got a similar message to what you just told me about. So, you know, doing what you can in your world is, I guess, the best that you can expect. And, and I'm hoping that something will resonate with someone somewhere. And, you know, there's always that hope to be viral, but you know, I think slow and steady also will win the race when it comes to having a strong message and something important to say that hopefully people will want to hear. Yeah, that's great advice. Well, thank you so much for joining me. This has been a great conversation. And for the listeners, in the show notes, we're going to be putting Steph's content or her her website, how to, you know, order a copy of her book. Um, would highly recommend it, if, if, particularly if you have young readers. I think it's a great example of, you know, a book that could be very interesting to, you know, to the, the younger readers out there. So check it out. Grab the link off the podcast show notes and then check out Steph's website as well and see what else she has going on. So before we go, though, I would like to ask you, I know we talked about, you know, of course, the Judy Bloom, the Beverly Cleary, those those books. But are there any books in particular, whether they're fiction or nonfiction, that have inspired you? I love to hear what other people are reading about and what they, you know, what books they recommend. Well, I, I think Judy Bloom and Beverly Cleary were great inspirations for my childhood. I've read some really amazing books as an adult. I'm an avid reader, as I suspect you are. So, you know, when I come across a great book, I tell everyone I know about it. But, you know, I've read The Night Watchman, which was amazing, The House in the Cerulean Sea, The Postmistress of Paris. Like, I love historical fiction. Uh, ah, yeah. If I could read every book in that genre, I think I would. But, you know, also really interesting books like Stanley Tucci's book, Taste, I thought was fantastic. Crying in H Mart was a really interesting perspective on something that I, it was about a different culture entirely. So books can be mirrors or windows, as I've heard been said. And, and I just love the opportunity to dive into a different world, but there's a lot of really amazing literature out there and just taking advantage of what you can through the bookstore, the library is, I think the greatest gift you can give yourself. I'll have to check out some of those books. I didn't know. I love Stanley Tucci. I didn't know he had read, written a book. I'm going to have to check that one out particularly. It was very, very thank good. You. Yeah. And yeah. thank you so much for having me. This was a really wonderful experience. Yes, thank you. I'm excited for the the listeners to to hear our conversation. I think you have a fascinating story and I love, I love what you've done. And I'm anxious to read the next book. <laughs> I'll get to work on it. <laughs> <laughs> so this is what will happen as you build your audience. They're going to want more. I know. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I'm okay with this. That's a burden I'd be happy to take on. Yeah, good, good. All right. Well, thank you so much. I appreciate it. And for the audience, thank you for listening. And this has been The Author's Way. Thank 
you for listening to the Author's Way podcast. I'd love to hear from you about any future topics you'd like me to cover or other authors you would like to hear from. Head over to my Facebook page, The Author's Way, like that page, and join a community of writers, authors, and fans. If you enjoyed the podcast, please subscribe and leave a five-star review. Thanks again, and I'm looking forward to seeing you next time.